1: Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today, I'm hosting Dr. Richard Strozzi-Heckler, author of Embodying the Mystery, Somatic Wisdom for Emotional, Energetic, and Spiritual Awakening. I'm speaking with Richard at his home by remote connection. Richard, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe.
2: Good to be here, Justine.
1: Good to have you here. I'm just wondering... This is a big question, maybe, but is life really a spiritual experience?
2: Life, for me, is a spiritual experience, unequivocally, for sure. And that what that embodied point of view allows in me is that whatever seems to be disagreeable or maybe trivial or not what I expected, actually has merit. So there's nothing that I have to exclude, nothing that I have to push away, nothing that I have to grasp after, but simply be in trust with what's coming my way should be coming my way. And I give thanks for it and use it as part of my spiritual, part of the compost, so to speak, of my spiritual path.
1: Well, that would be wonderful if we could all do that. That Buddhist idea of not grasping or averting—you know, not to hold on to things or to push them away—and I think that's kind of what you're talking about: is holding life as compost for our own livingness and our own aliveness. This is difficult for many of us, Richard. Uh, any any advice as to how to actually? do it.
2: I want to begin by saying that to be very clear, I don't feel fully cooked here. <laughs> There's times where I I want to whine, I want to cry, I want to stamp my feet and throw rocks or something. And what has been revealed to me over time is that if I just stay in that place, I become stagnant and life narrows down. If I stay open, and I stayed more inclusive. And I don't mean even like I agree with everything. But I'm saying, oh, I'm being asked to face into this. Let me face into it with an open heart, with a clear thinking, and with a commitment to some compassionate, wise action.
1: I know that you talk about impermanence. Again, we're talking about we want to hold on to things and make them a kind of certainty in our life. It's what we would like to subscribe to. So you're saying that the truth is that there's always impermanence. Life is moving constantly. And you describe in your book something that some of us have had the privilege of actually seeing in nature and that's the murmuration of starlings in the late afternoon, early evening. So in some ways, this has to do with that flow of life.
2: I'll start by saying that one of my teachers, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, he called it the durability of impermanence, (laughs) which I thought was terrific, the durability of impermanence. In other words, for me to really look at life point blank and going, oh, it's all changing all the time. As I say, if I don't believe in it, I just need to look at a picture of myself 10 years ago and see myself now and I go, no, everything is changing. And when I see these murmurations where these hundreds, thousands of starlings begin to form in the sky and they form a particular kind of shape at speed and they're spiraling and all of a sudden that shape changes and that shape has a lifespan, and then it changes again. And it comes into being, it increases, it has that form. It's something of elegance and precision and beauty. And all of a sudden, it changes again. And then maybe all at once, boom, they're gone. They all landed in the trees at the same time. There's no more chirping. And then that's complete. And then all of a sudden, Another evolution begins to come up. And it's always been a reminder for me on the piece of land that I live up here. It's the native land of the coastal Miwoks that I'm privileged to see these murmurations. And there are these solid reminders to me that life is changing. Life changes. An element of life is change and impermanence.
1: And I want to tell our listeners, if they haven't seen it, you can always go to YouTube and look up Murmuration of Starlings. There's a phrase that you wrote in your book that I just love. You say, this reaching for a ground of certainty seems common. And then you follow it up with this phrase, though nothing around us supports it. (laughs) (laughs) It made me laugh out loud. It was just great. Richard, I know that your book is full of stories, full of your teachers and the many experiences you've had. It's not a volume of, okay, here's how to do it and here are the four principles or anything like that. It's just deep sharing of your experiences and your life path as it's moved through. And towards the end of the book, you tell an extraordinary story about a feral cat that jumps on your head, and it leads you into a place of deep healing, of deep trauma, that had been held in your body for a long time. So I'd love for you, if you would, to share that story.
2: Yeah, thank you for that invitation. You know, this was President's Day weekend, and it was 2009. I get up, I do my meditation. It's a foggy morning. At that time, I had a hot tub out on the deck, get in the hot water. It's kind of like a continuation of the meditation almost. I'm laying back and really... Quiet, soaking in the beauty of the morning. It feels then like there's these hands that come and just gently touch my head. And then there's this incredible pain. And I leap up, I look around and all I see is red. That's because blood is pouring from the top of my head down through my eyes and my face, my body, and it's going into the hot tub. I look down. There's this very large black feral cat that's staring at me. I'm in a rage. I jump at him and he leaves. I have about a two inch cut that goes to the bone at the top of my head. I finally staunch the bleeding. I make it to the emergency room. And then they basically, well, he says, we're going to put clamps in it. I said, does that mean I have to come back? And to take him out, he says, Yes. I go, I don't want to do that. What can we do? So they have a medical grade glue that he actually glued it shut. Decided I did not need a um, rabies shot. I told my number of people about this. Everybody shocked. The interpretations all the way from, oh, maybe this was like dinner for him, or maybe he thought it was a gopher or whatever, or maybe he just didn't Mm -hmm. like you. I asked my friend, Archon. Braveheart, who is a Peruvian Andes shaman about it. And he looks at me carefully and he said, did it draw, it drew blood? I said, yes. And it was a black cat. I said, yes. And he said, I envy you. And of course, I'm shocked. Why envy me? He said, my paraphrase, in my cosmology, to be with a wild animal like that, that could actually threaten your life, is a sign of grace. Black Panthers, a black cat, they are the spiritual guardians. And then to be cut by one of them is a huge blessing. So I thought, well, this is the best interpretation so far. (laughs) Even though I come from the the projects, you know, uh, I'll do this. He then invites me to the Sundance that he holds with this Sioux tribe, which he's also a member of, and I get to participate in the Sundance, and at some point he puts my head right next to the cottonwood tree as it's down, and he begins to sing this song that I didn't understand, and all of a sudden an uncontrollable sobbing comes forward from me. Uncontrollable. My body is just rocking on the earth. My head is hitting the cottonwood tree, and The image of my father, we had a contentious relationship. He had terrible PTSD. He was a difficult person, disowned me. And it felt like, in ways I cannot understand, a very deep healing between us. And then I got up, these tears streaming down. Archon gave me these group of eagle feathers. He said, We're going over by the drummers. They're going to sing the warrior song. You do the warrior's dance. Didn't have no idea what that was, but I was totally empty. As they sang and drummed, I just let my body move. And it turned out that that morning on President's Day led me to a deep, deep emotional healing with my father, which was just important for me to do. I had done a lot of work with that beforehand because of his violence and because of him disowning me. But it was one of those things like this event happens that seems has no connection to this thing. And if I just followed it, there I am.
1: It's such a powerful story. And it really speaks to all of your work about somatic wisdom. And because it wasn't an intellectual process, it was of another world. It was the world of spirit in some ways, and it really harkens back to what you learned as a very young, young child from your grandmother in the whole world of spirit, that there's more to us than just the physical, but there's a lot more going on.
2: Well, yes, she was pivotal in opening up to the world of spirit for me. She had a, um, this psychic ability where she would read palms, she would read tea leaves, She um, led seances and had me stand by her when she did all of these things. And it wasn't like um, any kind of saccharine, sentimental New Age ideas. It really was this really grounded thing in which all these other Swedish immigrants would come to her and look. So from the very beginning, you know, I saw this dead dog once. It wasn't old. It wasn't damaged. And I asked her what was missing. And she said, it's spirit. And I said, what is spirit? And she just waved to the trees and the river flowing and the wind. She goes, it's all spirit. It's all spirit. And she was the guiding light for me to go, here's the place to look. She goes, that's inside you, and that's in the world.
1: That's inside you, and that's in the world. And then the rest of your life was really in pursuit of this truth and you had so many wonderful mentors and teachers and you've shared them with us in so many ways and in an, all of your work. Richard, I just want to thank you so much for being with us today on the New Dimensions Cafe as we only just briefly touched just a little tiny bit of your experience and wisdom. Thank you so much. It's
2: been wonderful being with you, Justine.
1: Thank you. I've been speaking with Dr. Richard Strozzi Heckler, author of Embodying the Mystery, Somatic Wisdom for Emotional, Energetic, and Spiritual Awakening. And if you want to find out more about his work, you can go to his website, strozziinstitute.com. And he spells Strozzi, S-T-R-O-Z-Z-I strozyinstitute.com or you can get there through the new dimensions website newdimensions.org where you can find over 1700 programs in our archive i'm justine willis toms i want to thank you for joining us at the new dimensions cafe and i invite you please do join us again
0: you've been listening to the new dimensions cafe This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org.